previously on the Simply Human Podcast. Well, I'm glad Rick. I'm glad Rick isn't on this call because he would be making fun of me. Because in the show notes, I just typed in Mark retells a story, and he always makes fun of me. No, but I'm glad you retold it. I haven't told that story probably since that episode. Yeah. Well, no, because I think it's a really important thing for people to hear is that you know there's always going to be reasons for you not to start. Always. And if you wait for the perfect day, it'll never happen. It's episode 198 of the Simple Human Podcast with your hosts, Mark and Rick. Two human beings being human. Our goal is to help you understand how humans are designed to eat, sleep, move, and enjoy, and how you can start living more like a human today. On today's show, it's Maggie Downey. All right. Finally. Finally. Hey, good for you. You remember. I remember what the we fact. We tried to have her on once, and yeah. we, we screwed it up, and... Yeah, sometimes names just kind of go right over your head there. <laughs> Most of the time they do, but I started doing that bit while I was uh, trying oh, to Oh, yeah. She's one of the ones that you try to do her birthday, right? Yes. And it was, uh, I it's, can't remember what it is now. But it's yes, March 27th. I, at one point in time, I did know Maggie Downey's birthday. March 27th. Oh, there you go. Oh, there you 10 go. days from now. There it from is. Right now. From today. She is the founder of Personal Euphoria, a fitness and wellness company where she has been helping her clients reduce pain since 2005. She co-founded Peeps in Motion, which offers workshops for wellness. Is that how you, that how you have to say it? Peeps. <laughs> it's like, it's like I think of the marshmallow things at Easter. God, they're so gross. They are gross. It's like uh, there's a lot of people who are think they're like the best. Yeah. Candy. Well, hold that thought. Hold that okay, thought. Yeah. Continue. Continue with your Maggie. Which Downey. offers workshops for wellness programs designed to keep people moving and reduce pain. Maggie lives in Connecticut and enjoys doing planks in different parts of the world, seeking adventure, climbing mountains, and eating chocolate. Uh, we've already. I already recorded. You've missed the last two episodes. Uh, because I had Rick. to work. Man, our. There's a bunch of weird work schedule stuff, yeah, and like I had to work late the last no, two months. Okay, now listen. I know we, we, you and I talked offline. We said we were gonna use the whole work line, but what really, what really happened is that Rick served a two-game suspension. <laughs> <laughs> it was for <laughs> making fun of the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, <laughs> we uh he reached his he reached his bleep limit it took 197 episodes it's a, a thousand bleeps was the uh was the limit and he served a two-game suspension and so yes. he's back well, i'm glad to be back. He's back okay so the peeps do you remember the moon pies yes like okay, i thought those were good but they were it's the same kind of thing there's like this weird cookie with like this weird marshmallow and they just sat on the shelf they weren't well, refrigerated. Like the, the thing about Peeps is like the actual consistency of it is like a piece of styrofoam. Yes. Like that always weirded me out. Well, aren't weren't moon pies like that? No, no, uh, they, uh, similar, but not entirely. So I don't think. Maybe we I just. To, I mean, it's been. We gosh. should. We should each it has buy been thirty some moon years pies since I've eaten a moon pie and eat them on air and like talk about our experience. I used to like the banana ones. My dad used to get those. Banana, huh? Banana moon pies. <laughs> you always. They like bananas. I dated a girl, uh, Lolly. She was a she loved Peeps, and I was like, "What? This is gross!" Did she feed them to her nine Saint Bernards? <laughs> <laughs> oh. There's a girl I dated in high school in the first couple of years of college. We were we dated for like two and a half, three years. Um, but uh, uh, <laughs> we had they lived in a house. Okay, generic. <laughs> <laughs> they live in a nice house in a nice, you know, you know, upper 
part of town. It was a nice part. They had seven dogs, and these seven dogs were not like just regular dogs. Uh, One was, I think they had two St. Bernards, a German Shepherd. Like, these are huge, really huge dogs. Shedding dogs. I would say average size, probably, I don't know, like like probably 50, 75 pounds at, at the, like, minimum. So, yeah, she <laughs> there was like hair in all the corners. I just wrote in, in the notes, Rick's ex-girlfriend with huge dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Their backyard. They didn't have an actual yard. It, it was, was a pool, they had a swimming pool. And it was all there was no grass back there. Oh. And these dogs would just crap and piss all over the concrete. The and they would just rinse it off down into the, the drain. Oh. It was really I always thought that was really gross that was really kind of gross yeah it's gross and then um, one time one summer uh they went out of town on vacation and they're like hey can you come let the dogs out <laughs> and that was the uh broken spatula incident oh man that was a lot of incidents uh, <laughs> after church one wednesday night uh after church uh me and this is fake news this is you're gonna have to serve another suspension got a bunch like a ton of <laughs> and just went over there and got just we were all <laughs> Um, okay. <laughs> we're not even close. <laughs> so one of us was, it had to have oh, been. Oh yeah, I guess yeah. Justin Gibbs is the one who bought it. Oh man. So there's someone who might be listening who might know Justin Gibbs. Remember who I might be? Who oh might, yeah. Yeah. Might be listening. yeah. Any, anyway, anyway, um, what'd you do for spring break? I didn't do anything to be honest with you. My kids went, um, Ryan was sick. Uh, he had some stomach issues oh. on Wednesday, Tuesday and Wednesday. That's fun. So I got the free days. Oh, off that's right. So awesome. <laughs> so really, I actually did have a spring and he wasn't feeling terrible. He just every, you know, about every he'd get some uh, some and he would uh, Dioria and he would uh, you know feel pretty bad and then have some of that. And then he'd feel fine for like five or six hours. So I didn't even have to deal with like a whiny you know, actually sick kid. He was just chilling. That's pretty awesome. Uh, And so I didn't go to work on Tuesday or Wednesday. So I actually had a little bit of a spring break. They went to my parents on house on Wednesday with their cousin, uh, Rob's son. And so they hung out on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and I picked them up Saturday. So no special things on spring break, but just kind of actually pretty relaxing week at work. Well, we went out to uh, our place in Lomita. Mm-hmm. And I listened for turkeys. Turkey season is coming up on March 30th, and I'm really excited, Rick. I've got. Hang on, <clears throat> Jen. Jen is loving this. <clears throat> that's an owl. It's an owl call. <clears throat> are you gonna Are you gonna hunt an owl? No, but you. That's Why are how, you calling an owl? That's how you locate a gobbler. That they hear a owl they will they will uh they will gobble listen to this one what jen is gonna come in here and pissed because it's First really of all, the loud owl one doesn't sound like an owl an owl goes, whoo, whoo. It's, it's a so bar- I just stand out the woods going, whoo, whoo, whoo. Come on, sex with me. <laughs> that was the show, right? Where we yeah, explain turkey hunting. Turkey calls. <laughs> Come get you some do that. sweet turkey. <laughs> Who cooks? <laughs> Did you watch my cow video? 
Of course I did. Okay, Mark, so uh, how did you know that was going to happen? Because he did it Mark like sent me a video. <laughs> he did it like ten times of a cow <laughs> pumping another cow. Which well, is the funny part was Mark Rogers' video ever. <laughs> his son, his son cow was standing there, and this cow is like a half-sized cow, and so the big bull gets up and like <laughs> does his thing. Oh, Mark, stop! And Jeez. then he hops off, and then the little bull who can't even get up close. Like does try like, mimics and does it. Now, and, I am not in favor of cow sexual assault. Rape, yeah, that was uh, that's not that was bad. That doesn't work. But yeah, she uh, she looked back. Other. I could see her looking back, going, "I could. I'm old enough to be your mother. What, what are you doing to me here?" Can we talk about your we birthday? About what? Your birthday? Yeah. So I have his text thread that I saved. Did we t- <laughs> oh, we didn't talk about no. this, did we? No. <laughs> okay. Um. So, I had this idea. Oh, I know what it was. So, so you sent us a this hilarious bio that you had. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yeah. So I, the week of my birthday, I spoke at the Texas Juvenile Law Conference, and uh, they asked you to submit like a you know little blurb about yourself. As well, a all past of them are offender. usually very interesting. All these accomplishments and stuff. I have nothing. No. <laughs> Uh, I'm a policeman, and that's it. <laughs> Whatever. So my bio is like like two lines long. I and thought I, was I like, saved it. I juice it up, so I was like, I don't know. His favorite food is hamburgers. <laughs> it's like it's like Rick has been. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Oh man, it's kind of cut off, but it's like 14 years. Last seven with the police department investigator. Hey, wait, 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 beep that out. I don't want people to. Okay, hold on. Uh, 45:37. Hang on. Something the effect of. Yeah, uh, yeah. Rick Bentley has been a yeah. police officer for 14 years, the last seven with his current department. Uh, he is a <laughs> detective in the Youth Investigations Division. Mental health uh, response team, da 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 like all these accomplishments. Yeah. And then the last sentence is, his favorite food is hamburgers. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, they, that's I wrote that, and I was like, surely they're not going yeah. <laughs> to. They absolutely did keep it yeah. in there. And I'm like, all right. Okay. Starting. So I thought, okay, that's, that's a, a fun birthday uh, gift is like a gift card to his favorite hamburger place. So I wrote, all right, Mr. Hamburger Expert, what's the best hamburger in Dallas? There's only one right answer. Like trying to bait you into an ar- a, a hamburger argument, but I was trying to just figure out what your favorite hamburger joint was, right? Yes. So you your immediate response was, Chuck's, but only because Steve abandoned you there. <laughs> Okay, so there's a restaurant around the corner from our church called Chuck's, and we used to all go over there all the time. They had really good hamburgers. But one time, our youth minister, Steve, uh, left Mark there. <laughs> like, we all rode there and ate, and we all left. I went left. to the bathroom, and I came out, and everyone was gone, and I was like, oh, everyone's playing a big joke on old Mark. And I ran outside thinking that the van would just be right around the corner. Everyone would be laughing. And after about, like, you know, five minutes, I just sat down on the curb and sat there for, like, three and a half hours. <laughs> <laughs> until they like until the retreat was over and everyone was gone home and they were like wait where's I think they called me like Stinky Pits or something they had some nickname for me probably <laughs> what like where's the idiot head idiot head yes that's, that's what, what we called call you me. idiot head yeah. so so I was like okay haha and then I I we I texted you about Underwoods and all this stuff and I wrote but for real best hamburger and you wrote back I don't know <laughs> <laughs> Making this very difficult for me. Uh, yeah, so, so I don't know that Mark is trying to right. come up with an idea to get me a birthday present. I just think he's just being Mark. 
which is like, oh, I read a book about hamburgers. And it's this place in Dallas is this place. And if you don't agree, then you're a dumb, dumb I, idiot. idiot. I've, re- I've read so many books about turkey hunting. Anyway, so he writes, <laughs> I don't know. And then I wrote, you can't say your favorite food is hamburgers and then not have an opinion on the best hamburger in your area. Immediate response, like a minute later, Burger King. <laughs> so I wrote, Okay. Like, there it is. You're getting a Burger King gift card, you smart aleck. <laughs> so, like, eventually, like, and I stick with the, no, I'm serious. I think it's Burger King. I yeah. really do. Well, then eventually you wrote the branded Burger Company of Midlothian, but that was, like, a little bit later on down the yeah, line. Yeah, that was later in the thread. Yeah. So, I uh, I'm, I get home from the conference, and I'm opening my, my mail, and I've got a book from Jack. Jeez. I don't know if we can talk about we that. We can't. A bit where we try to get each other kind of outlandish, ridiculous birthday presents, and Jack got me a book about okay micro. No, oh, Jack's birthday's coming up. It's in um, March, isn't it? Micro. Uh, Panosi. Pen fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> like how to deal with having one. <laughs> pretty pretty funny. funny. And then That's I open up funny. this card for Mark and it says, and it's a card and it says, you know, I, I recognize Mark's handwriting and uh, I open it up and it's got a $20 gift card to Burger King in there. Well, that's what, and that's all you thought that it was. Yes. And uh, you- like folded up, by the way, I need another, I need you to send me that picture again. Oh crap. Have you not used it yet? No. I, I've got to be able to get out there, get out to Midlothian first. I'm going to okay. try to do it this week. Well, so I called this, I don't know, with this place. It's not like where you can just call up and say, hey, send me the gift card link. Yeah. It took like It's like three, a small, yeah. it's like a, you know, I wouldn't necessarily, yeah, probably like a mom and pop type of yeah. establishment. So it they seems don't, really they don't exactly do like gift cards apparently. Yeah. So. So I finally got it, and they t- sent me a picture. Did I did I text it to you or did I email it to you? you? You mailed it. You took a you printed it out and mailed it to me in that card. Oh, that's right. But somehow somebody threw it away. Oh, great. Well, just go in and just go in there and say I'm I'm Officer Bentley. I'm here for my gift card. <laughs> it's funny that you told them that I'm Officer Bentley. <laughs> I was like, and if you don't like honor this thing, he'll just shoot everyone in the place. Right? <laughs> Maybe that's no, I won't. I know he won't. He won't <laughs> do that. I'm sorry. That was if you don't honor this, he'll probably just order a burger and pay, <laughs> and for, pay it. for it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we got to get to uh Maggie. So, yes. um, happy birthday, happy late birthday. It was like three weeks ago. Uh, um, right. yeah, uh, but I sent it, you got it on or before your birthday, right? Um, probably on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's the confusion as to which my birthday. So either Thursday right. or Friday would have been acceptable. And I think I, it came on Thursday. It's leap It's leap day for any new listeners. And so I say that if it's not leap year, we can celebrate Rick's birthday the day after February 28th and the day before March 1st, which on non-leap year days is two days. It's a two-day celebration. Of I agree. I think that's great. And then the years I actually do have a birthday, it should be like a week-long right. festival. Because it's like a once in it's like Special the Olymp- it's like the Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> it actually comes. That's how I. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, the Winter Olympics. That's how I know. Leap, leap Winter year. Olympics and presidential elections. So years that we find out just how dumb and terrible we are. So okay, so. here we go. And oh, now hey. we oh, will. Hey. Listen, here is Maggie Downey. <laughs> Where Maggie and I had a great conversation. Maggie, there she is. Hi. We did it. We did it. Thank you for trying again. No, it's fine. Yeah, the internet is stupid sometimes. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, it's funny. Last week, cause my co-host and I, like, we've got kids and wives that are busy, and we're both busy. So we've kind of come to this thing. It's like, okay, we record at eight thirty Central on Monday nights. It's like the only time we can do it. And so last week he he was at a conference. He's a police officer in Irving, Texas, and. Uh, and I record, I stand up at my desk, and there's like a mirror right behind my computer sometimes, like depending on like where I'm facing the computer. And so last week, I'm like recording, it's just me and, and the guest talking just like this. And I, you know, like while the guest is talking, you look up at, you see yourself in the mirror, and like you'll like, you know, kind of make a funny face or, you know, do something funny in the mirror. And then like when I went to click off the call, like her video was on, and I just didn't. You know, I wasn't, and I was like, oh my gosh, was my video on? Oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Like, I was doing all these funny faces, like, while she was talking. So she might have seen you but, the whole time. But I'm pretty <laughs> sure that it was, my video was off. Like, it, but I had this, like, moment of, like, oh my gosh, that would be the most embarrassing thing ever. So I just made sure my video was off. I cannot see you if it helps. Okay, I should have there. asked. And I told my wife, I was like, surely, if she had seen me making funny faces random, at random times, she would have said, why are you making those funny faces? But maybe not. My wife's like, no, you're, you, she definitely saw you, you idiot. And I was like, dang it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Okay, so we are going, my co-host, Rick and I are going to, like, we're going to uh, record the intro to this probably next week or maybe like some point this week. And so I, it may be a couple weeks before this show goes up. Okay. So we'll, we'll do like your full intro, like when we record the, the uh, intro of the show. Um, so we won't, I'll have you tell your story, but I will, I will give like the kind of formal from your website kind of deal intro before okay. the call. So cool. All right. Let's just, I'm already recording. So let's just do this. So Maggie, welcome to the call. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so excited. We were, we had scheduled and the internet decided to, to just like be mad at us and wouldn't send emails to each other. And so we had to reschedule, and I'm so glad that we rescheduled because I was really excited. It's been like, I don't know, six weeks, maybe five or six weeks since we were going to have you on and all that. So um, thank you again for, uh, you know, kind of working with us on the on the scheduling stuff. So um, we do this thing where we guess uh, birthdays. Okay. And um, Rick isn't on, obviously, again, because he's like a policeman and has like important police work he has to do sometimes. Uh, and it's also his son's birthday, which is speaking of birthdays. So I'm just going to guess your birthday. I'm going to have one guess at this, and then you're going to just say yes or no, and then just tell me what it is. I'm going to guess. October 19th. That is incorrect. <sighs> what is it? It's March 27th. Oh, man, it's this month. It's this month. <laughs> oh, man, March 27th. My sister-in-law is just the 26th. How about that? Wait, Rick has actually gotten it one time, and then he and then he, he cheated and made me think that he was just like some sort of tarot card reader. It was He got like four in a row, and I just I didn't get it. I was just thinking that he was like this incredible birthday guesser, and then he confessed to me that he was cheating. So... I- I would think it would be nearly impossible to get that right. <laughs> I mean, it's like, well, you know, one in 365 chance. So there, I mean, there's, a, there's a chance. That's, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, happy birthday coming up in a few, we- in a few weeks. Thank you. Thank you. I, uh, I'm looking forward to it. it make, I live in Connecticut where we just got a ton of snow today. So oh having gosh. a birthday in March makes the end of the winter a little bit better. Yeah. Actually. Well, I mean, I'm, we're down in Texas and it's like it, was, it didn't get above like 25 today. It's like, welcome to March. <laughs> it's 20 degrees but of course being in, are you from the northeast yep i grew up born and raised in connecticut oh yeah. my gosh that's crazy i don't think i've ever 
been to Connecticut? I have not been to Connecticut. I had to think about that. My brother lived in New York City for like 10 years, and so I've been up that way, um, but not quite. Uh, not up to Connecticut. So um, are you like a big UConn fan, like a basketball I am not necessarily into <laughs> basketball, but that is pretty popular around yeah, here. That's yes. pretty impressive yeah. that you're able to like kind of withstand all the social pressure to be a UConn basketball fan. You know, <laughs> I feel like when I was younger, it was a bigger, bigger deal, deal than it is. But maybe it's just that I've kind of fallen away from it a right. little bit. Yeah, but. yeah, that happens. I'm like, man, I didn't, re- I didn't remember that X was so popular, and they're like, it's always been popular. You're just now paying attention. It's like it works, yes. <laughs> it works the other way. So, so very quickly, so we we want to kind of hear your story. So, kind of give us the Cliff's Notes version. Like, what is your background? How did you get doing what you're doing today? Sure. Well, uh, my background is in education and fitness. So I have taught high school, I've taught through nonprofits, and then eventually, somewhat by accident, I found Pilates and loved it. I loved the type of movement. I felt it made me do everything that I did because I like to run. Um, I have done half marathons. I feel like it makes every type of movement I do better and made me stronger. And so I started teaching Pilates. I eventually left my full-time job and started a company teaching Pilates and fitness and wellness. And from there, a lot of my clients that came to me either at one point or another wound up with an injury because they were runners or student athletes or because they were sent to me because their doctor sent them to do Pilates because they had back pain or something was wrong. And I would start doing a lot more research if some like one thing I was work, working with on someone didn't solve their problems. And of course, because it's the way of life, I wound up in chronic pain and continued doing more research. So kind of based on starting off researching for my clients and then researching for my own body, I had all this information that I felt like I could tell people that would help them get out of chronic pain. And so I eventually wrote, keep moving, take steps to relieve pain and improve your life based on all the current research on pain science, trying to steer away from medicine and surgery and use movement to help manage pain. So when you say you accidentally found Pilates, were you like walking down the street and just like tripped and fell into one of those crazy Pilates contraptions? And you were like, what is this? Uh, that would have that effect if you randomly walked into it. In fact, so my studio is out of my house, which was built in 1666. What? And yeah, so I have this old house and when you come in, there's the Pilates equipment, which if people are not familiar with it, it looks like chains and ropes. Yeah. So anytime a contractor shows up at the house, they'll be like, what do you do for a living? Oh my God. Yes. They're like, oh, I'm going to call in some backup here. Um, (laughs) do I get to leave? Right. You're not going to like uh, chain me in the basement, are you? <laughs> right. But that, it, that's what it looks like. But oh the, the equipment is like super useful. It's interesting. Yeah. Like I started with mat Pilates where you only have your body in a mat or right. if you bring a flex band or light weights. Um, and I love that, that traditional sort of Pilates. But the equipment really gives you tools to make the exercises much more challenging or to really tone them down to help someone in pain. Right. Like if someone couldn't do a squat because of knee pain, you can do a full squat right. on the Pilates reformer, right. you know? Yeah, very cool. And you mentioned pain and chronic pain. And I and it, one of the things on your talking points here that I, I, I wanted to talk about is this idea of of no pain, no gain. And you, you have to suffer greatly, like, like in, in incredible amounts of pain 
or you're not benefiting. Um, why? Like, what's wrong with that? Is that that's a very like a very I mean, not anything about about wrong or uh, uh, bad to say about CrossFit. All the CrossFitters that we have listen, but like what? Like, there's that kind of CrossFit mentality where like it's it's like fun to get rhabdo where you're like your body's starting to shut down. What's wrong with that mentality? Yeah, I think it's actually one of the things that have hurt the exercise and fitness world the most. And I guess, you know, there's nothing wrong with it if you truly enjoy what you're doing. So if you're a CrossFitter and you love it, that's great. If you ever get injured, there are tools for you. You can find them, right? Like through this podcast, through me, through somebody else, we're, we're all there to help. Right. But I think the problem is, is what it really has done is turned off the majority of people who really don't have an interest in moving, causing pain, but thinking that if it does not cause pain, they're doing it wrong. It's not worthwhile. That movement has to be exercise has to be suffering. Right. And I think there's endless research to prove that that is not the case. And in fact, very often by pushing that hard, you risk injury. It's not necessarily as good for your cardiovascular health, right? Moderate exercise that feels good is going to give you the most benefit. But I think we kind of get stuck in this, like, oh, we see athletes and we all have to strive for that. And while athletes have to push themselves to a certain level, many athletes, dancers, all these people we want to be like, wind up in pain. They wind up having a shoulder surgery or back surgery for whatever it is they're doing because they are exercising nonstop all day, right? It puts a lot of strain on their body. Most of us, we don't require that level of fitness. So we also don't have to push that hard to gain really good results. Yeah. Yeah. And just because, you know, somebody, somebody like a professional athlete, like may look healthy, but to me, like a professional athlete is on one hand in like, uh, overall health is it is in a completely different hand. I mean, um, if those athletes, if like a professional football player continues that movement pattern forever, it's not a sustainable, you know, you don't train for the Olympics all the time, year round, nonstop. I mean, there's some level of like where it's a little too much stress. Um, like you said, like dancers and their feet, they have all sorts of problems with their feet and their joints and everything else. It's just, uh, yeah, it can, it can get really serious. Right. Like everybody wants to be as flexible as a dancer. We really admire that. And it's beautiful, but they tend to have hyperextended right. joints. Right. Yes. And they're in a lot of pain because of that. And they don't show that when they're dancing, one, because the whole point is to put a lot of work into something and then make it appear effortless. Right. So they've done their job well, but they really tend to have to deal with a lot of pain and do a lot of maintenance to stay safe. Um, and again, if you want to be a dancer, that's worthwhile. Right. I don't think you'd regret that, even if you have pain afterwards necessarily, right? right? Yeah. Like there's trade-off. My gran- yeah. yeah, right. My grandfather played like high school football and baseball, and he thought that it caused a lot of his future back pain. And I remember yeah. asking him once, "Well, if you could do it again, would you not play baseball and football?" And he was like, "No, I would absolutely play it. Right. I loved those years." Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. So it, it's just, it, it reminds it's me knowing. Yeah, Knowing right, right. what's right for you. Yes. And you, you mentioned like dancers and like hypermobility. Like there's a difference. Like some like flexibility and stability I think are maybe can be two different things. Where like you can be you can be really flexible and that may not be a great thing. I'd rather be stable in a joint uh and, and, and get its full range of motion than to just be like hyper flexible and, and really have no like stability within that joint. I mean you're you're gonna have a lot more injury in a hypermobile person. Uh, But then you don't want to be too glued up too. There's like kind of this balance. 
Well, one of the things I love about Pilates and Though, though what I do is Pilates-based, I should mention, my book is not just Pilates. I don't think it has to be Pilates. I, I love Pilates, but I know not everyone does, so there's many movement tools. But one of the things that is great about Pilates and sort of unique to it is that it has this concept of long and strong. So it often tries to work people um, under tension during an eccentric contraction. Right. So if people don't know what that is, when your muscle is lengthening, we're not just stretching you, right? Like you're not just holding a stretch with a long muscle. You are working that muscle on its long end yeah. so that when it's long, it also maintains that stability and strength you're referring to. Yeah, the, the eccentric motion, I've, I've used it, I've described it as like when, when gravity is winning, against your muscle, right? That's because it, it can be in all different planes and all different, like it's up and down. It's like saying like left and right on a boat, you know, it's like you gotta, you know, it, but when, when, when gravity is defeating your muscle or you are letting gravity defeat your muscle, that's the eccentric phase. Um, and it's a very, it's a much more powerful phase, uh, and a stronger phase. Like you can, you know, I could put, you know, X amount of weight on a bench press and lower that with control, I can put a lot more weight doing that than I could pushing up in the concentric phase, uh, which is when your muscles are defeating gravity. Yeah, no, it's true, right? We are stronger. Like, I can't do a pull-up, but I can start at the top of the bar and let myself go down, right? Right, right. And um, you're also, for those of people who like to feel that discomfort and pain after exercise, you're more likely to get that delayed onset muscle soreness with eccentric contractions. But what's interesting is in the workout, more often than not, that's the part like people seem to not care about, right? Like if you see someone doing bicep curls, they, they like pull, they pull them up, you know, their hands to their shoulders and then they just let their arms flop down, right? Right. right? totally missing this opportunity and I think that is that's part of my book is to try to take use fun ways to tell people some of this stuff because you can get a lot more out of your workout if you're in control of the movement in both directions right and then you're wasting less time right yeah and I think a lot of people uh you know it it there's a there's kind of a, a, a movement you know time under tension is is one thing that I know a lot of, a lot of bodybuilders will use where they'll do like a four second eccentric phase and a one second like explosion phase well you can't if you're doing that you can't really do a whole lot of weight because if you're doing eight to twelve reps of that I mean that's a that's a lot of time that your muscles are under that that tension but there's just the same amount of physical adaptation to the stress as if you were like, you know, put on as much weight as you can just to like look cool, you know, cause you, I mean, you're not going to, you, you could take 25 pound dumbbells and just completely destroy yourself, um, with, with doing this, like the, the long, the sort of lengthening phase. Um, and, and, uh, and uh, you mentioned Dom's, you know, delayed onset muscle soreness. I was going to ask you about that. Cause that's another thing that people think, okay, I go to the gym. If I'm not sore the next day or the day after I didn't work out hard enough, true or not true. Uh, it's not true. Yeah. In fact, what they have found is that delayed onset muscle soreness might be linked to genetics. So some people just experience it more than others. Right. Um, and it could be, you know how we say like upper body one day, lower body the other. That right. could be because we have this mindset of delayed onset muscle soreness, right? That the muscle's too fatigued to work out. But if we don't push it to that extent, we could work the full body every day. Yeah. Right. right. So getting sore from a workout might actually impede your next day or the even two days later right. that workout. So you might have two days of a less quality workout because you pushed yourself to that much fatigue. Right. Yeah. I had a strength coach once in college that was, 
uh, a lot of times he would work out the same, he would have us do the same body part, like, you know, a day or, or two or three days in a row. And I remember somebody was like, why aren't we supposed to recover? And he was like, look at a, look at a lumberjack. A lumberjack is chopping wood every day. Like, look at a lumberjack's arms. They're, yeah. they're just, they're huge. You can, you, you know, based on the movement that this guy, these, these people are under the stress every single day, there is an element now, of course, if they're, they're too much stress in any domain is, you know, going to be too much and is going to, is going to be counterproductive. But, um, you know, that, that kind of continual, like l- kind of low impact, uh, up to a point stress is actually beneficial and you can grow and get stronger, even if you're doing stuff like, you know, consecutive days, yeah, I mean, I think that's absolutely true. I, I, and to me, like the fact that some of these concepts we've thought for a long time are not true, or at least not true for some people, because the more research I do, what I find is like any truth we find is maybe accurate for 75 to 80% of people, right? right? Right. And that little bit of leeway provides room for anyone to discover what's right for you. Like, I do think movement should be exploratory, it's not a one size fits all situation on right. any point we make about yeah. it. So how do you, when you're working with people, because I mean, there is, you want, I mean, there is this element of like, we don't, you know, there should be some stress on our system that our body can adapt to and, and, and become stronger from. So what is like, how do you tell people, okay, like you don't want to, you don't need to like, just like run yourself into the ground and, and, and feel the worst pain you've ever felt. But then you'd also like want to have some tension where it, where your body is going to have a physical adaptation to. So how do you, how do you tell clients, like how how do they find that balance? I mean, I think part of it is having a regular dialogue and experience. Right. And also for me as an instructor, right. I I want to educate people, but I also want to somewhat provide them what they want. And I have some clients that I don't think would return to me if they were like, I never want to be sore. Like if you make me sore, I'm done. And I think I have other clients would be like, I like to be sore all the time. Right. And I, I feel like I can provide either one you want, but basically my big thing is a dialogue and I'm constantly asking my clients, where do you feel this? What are you feeling? You know, is it like the muscles contracting or is it sore in your back? Oh wait, you're feeling your back, not your glutes. We need to change. So I'm always looking for like finding, I hate right and wrong, but to make it easy, like the right muscle is firing here, right? right? That we're moving from a place that supports us and gives us strength versus from kind of just sort of hanging on our bones and pushing through the right? Like, right. so I would rather take a client through three pushups with quality form than to let their pelvis droop and them to kind of push up like a snake coming up, right? right, right. Out, out of the, or the mermaid coming out of the water, but their pelvis has dropped and we do 10 of those. Right. So I kind of just have a real regular dialogue looking for quality over quantity right it's like uh like i've said before on the show it's like uh, you know moving weight from point a to point b isn't isn't the goal here it's taking your body through a perfect range of motion and then once it can go through that perfect range of motion loading that range of motion loading your biomechanics under that that perfect range of motion and not it doesn't matter how much weight you're moving or just, okay, the whole goal isn't just like, I'm going to move the weight from here to there. Like that's not, I mean, that's, I guess that's in a, in a, it's better than like just sitting on a beanbag chair, but if we're going to be intentional about it, we might as well do it right. Yeah. It does come down to like, what are your goals, right? Like 
if you just want to be sore, it's very easy to make a <laughs> right, right. right? Like, okay, we'll just do a ton of these right. and I'm going to pick the hardest exercises there are. Yeah. But if you really want to get stronger, we're going to focus more on stabilizing muscles yeah. and, um, again, finding the right place to move from. But that comes from, and not everybody's always interested in this, but this is also a piece of getting out of pain is taking the time to listen to your body. And I struggle with this too, because it's important to me to want to be strong. I like challenging workouts, right. but it doesn't mean that every day my body is up for that yeah. workout. Yeah. And it could be because I sat a lot the day before or I flew somewhere. Like I always tell my clients in many of my classes, we hold a 90 second plank. And I will say, if you can do this today, great. If you've done it for a month every day, that's great. Today, if nine, if 20 seconds in your back is hurting and you can't get it out of your back, then stop. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And and I that is a place that I definitely do that now. Like if I'm feeling pain, bad pain, I don't push through that anymore. Yeah. yeah. It's not worth it. Right. Yeah. And there's this this idea if your goal is longevity, like my goal now, you know, I did a lot of like long distance endurance races and all this kind of stuff. Well, that's not like a that is a very short term goal even if it's like a, you know, 18 week program or whatever. I, I like when I'm 80, I want to be able to like sit crisscross on the ground and like walk up and down stairs and get up and down off the floor, you know, like that's, so that's kind of changed my movement pattern and, and kind of the goals of, okay, when I get home from work, I don't want to necessarily just lay on the couch for four hours. I want to sit and be in different positions and, and like kind of get my body used to being in those things so that, so I don't get my, my positions don't get reinforced to just sitting in the flexed position. Um, yeah. Well, and you, you make two points there that are actually key, I think. One is they have found that someone's ability to get up and down off the floor with ease is linked to longevity. Right. And variety, variety, variety. Yep. I mean, that's good for us, right? We've always known that cross-training is good. We're yes. a little bit out of that phase now where, like, kids play soccer all year round versus a different sport each season, right. right? And people who run, run without a break ever, or without also swimming or doing something else. So cross-training is key, but even in our daily lives, finding different positions to sit in. Yeah. Um, Cause the body will get used to, right? We talk about muscle memory. The body is constantly looking for efficiency. Right. So if you do the same thing every day, the body will make you the best yes. sitter in the world. Because if you're never, like I always tell people this, if you're not sitting up straight, say you're flexed all the time, your body, your brain's going to say, okay, well, this is an important position that we're in because we're in it a lot. There's no point in me reinforcing this other, this kind of extended position or the neutral position because we're never in that position. So it must be, uh, uh, it's, it's not useful. And so that's right. why you'll your, see people this glue forward. Your body forward. is trying to be savvy, right? right? It's, right. Trying to be, it's trying to save you energy and make your life easier. Right. And then it makes you a superb sitter right. and have difficulty walking. <laughs> and you're like, why do my hips hurt? Why do my back hurt when I stand up? Yeah. Well, because you're a, a stellar sitter. Right. You know? Well, and I, I compare that to like uh, sleep in the sleep domain where, you know, People talk about their, they have midnight, they get, you know, the munchies at midnight or whatever. And, and you know, they get a midnight, they want a midnight snack or they have to get their second wind. I, you know, I, I get sleepy and then I get my second wind. Well, that's your, your brain is trying to tell you, okay, it's time for, time for bed. Let's, let's shut off our awake stuff and we're going to kind of re, you know, awaken up the, the sleep hormones and all this other stuff. So we're going to go to sleep and then you don't go to sleep. And so then your brain's like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. I thought, 
I thought you wanted to go to sleep, so I guess we need to be awake. So let's wake back up, and it's going to be really hard to go to sleep now. And since you're awake, you need to eat because uh, we need energy. Uh, but it's like you should be just be asleep at that point. Your body was trying to do that, yeah. and you're just like fighting against it. Although, you know what's one of the interesting things? Because I actually struggle with sleep. Um, and one of the interesting things I read is that when they look back at people prior to electricity. Biphasic they had sleeping? What they call, what's that? Biphasic? I'm not, I'm not sure. They had first and second sleep? Yeah, bi- yeah, bi- yeah. biphasic sleeping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, so and, yeah, go ahead. Well, that made me like I was like, oh, this is a little bit of a load off. I'm trying to fit myself into this new paradigm like that. You get to sleep for eight hours from here to here. And that isn't what my body was meant to do naturally. Yeah. 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 So we, we we've talked about that on the show. It's like yeah, before electricity, before we stayed up. Let's say you you're out in the and you don't have electricity. When the sun goes down, look, the lights lights go out. You're 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 done. And so yeah. you would get, especially kind of depending on where what what latitude uh, you live at and how much darkness you get in the winter time. You know. And this happened to me the other day. We were uh, I took my daughters uh, uh, out to our. We have a little farm out. Uh, kind of out in the middle of nowhere, out in central Texas. And when they went to bed, and I was just like, you know what, I'm pretty tired. I'm just going to go to bed when they go to bed. So we, I, I went to bed at like 8.30, and I woke up at midnight, and I was I was just awake. I was I was like, I woke up, and I was like raring to go. Of course, I didn't like turn lights on or anything, but I like, I had this little uh, like orange uh, kind of a, uh, it's a battery powered like LED, but it's like a candle. So mm-hmm. I turned that on, and I, I read, I read for like two hours. And then I and then I got tired and I fell back asleep and I ended up getting eight hours of sleep, but there was that two hours where it, like if you're if you're trying to force yourself into the paradigm, you might wake up at midnight wide awake and then think that you, you're dysfunctional or think that oh my gosh like what what is wrong with me I gotta go back to sleep and then you get all this pressure and then you can't ever go back to sleep because you're so you're so wound up or you turn a TV on and think well I'm up I might as well just stay up the rest of the night, but not understanding that no 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 this is fine like your body is doing what it's like it's supposed to be doing just don't don't fight against it and just and you'll eventually go back to sleep yeah no it's true it's one of the things that have made has actually made me grown like winter in new england yeah. i feel like it's like a period of hibernation right where it gets dark here at four o'clock and Ugh. i used to hate that and i'm like <laughs> now it's okay to get into bed at seven because yeah. <laughs> like you, cause you can wake up and like do some work in the middle of the night <laughs> yeah. Yeah. oh man oh my gosh how is it eight fifty five already um so I want to talk about kids. Um, you know, I've got three kids. We, you already kind of mentioned kind of the, the specialization where we're just going to play soccer all the time and that's what we're doing. Or you find, you know, like how, if you follow baseball, uh, anyone listening and you like the Rangers, for instance, Texas Rangers, how many, just Google, how many Texas Rangers have had Tommy John surgery in the last three years or just in the major leagues? How many pitchers, what is the, the increase in Tommy John surgeries? And I, I haven't like read any studies on this or anything, but I would imagine that it's because, we have these pitchers who are in their you know, early to mid-20s that have been throwing curveballs since they were eight years old, and their arms are just wearing out because, you know, it's just it's just that overstress. Um, so talk about kids. What are some, some good ways that we can uh, kind of reinforce these good behavior patterns in children? Well, I think part of it is to encourage them to find movement they enjoy. Right. Like, especially if you have a kid who 
doesn't really love sports. They're not like a necessarily competitive type. I think a lot of movement we, we think is competitive. Like there has to be a race or we're comparing ourselves to somebody else and it can be playful. It can be silly. It can be monkey bars, right? It could be sledding and running back up the hill. Like, all sorts of things, maybe not in Texas. Yeah, I was gonna say, like <laughs> once, once every four years, we have enough snow, and then we go like drive to a hill, and then yeah. there's like a sled that that, that we found. Um, yeah, but but I think it's just really like opening up what movement means. It could be like I know when I was little, my mom and I used to put on show tunes and we would dance to them and make <laughs> up choreography for it. Perfect. So a lot of times, it's kind of I think with kids like. I don't want to say tricking them because I want them to have a lifelong love of movement, but by tricking them into realizing that so many, there's a broad spectrum of movement. Actually it wasn't, it was down by the Alamo that they have like in the whole touristy section, there was um, this like laser game where they basically set you up. Like you were, um, uh, what's the movie with Tom Cruise? Um, Top Gun. No, not Top Gun. Uh, the Mission Impossible movie. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Where you're like and on the cords, like hanging down. You weren't hanging, but you had to get across a room of lasers without any part of you, including like your ponytail touching them. Right. And I played for an hour and 15 minutes nonstop. Had like, I wasn't even aware I was getting a workout. Yeah. And at the end of it, I was like, I'm winded. I'm tired. I'm fatigued. Like, yeah. and I just had the time of my life. Right. So I think. It's very much finding fun movement for them. Yeah. And also, now that we know this, teaching them that they don't have to be sore, it doesn't have to hurt, yeah. and definitely keeping cross-training in there. It'll yeah. make them better at whatever sport they want to play right. if they want to play sports. And, and the same goes for adults. You know, I always say, like, if you hate running, then don't run. Like, find something else that you enjoy. Like, there's there's a million different things, an infinite number of things you can do. And play, like, when I when I talk to people about the movement uh, they should be doing I have this like movement pyramid in the bottom. The foundation of, of my movement pyramid is walk and play. Like that's the most important movement you can do is like walking as much as you possibly can and, and playing. Like if you, uh, you know, it, it's better to go play ultimate Frisbee or go play basketball or something rather than just like thinking you have to go after work that you've been sitting all day and do the elliptical for 45 minutes. Like that's, that's no, no one likes to do that. That's no yeah. one enjoyable, you know? And so playing and having fun is like, I, I, Rick would make fun of me if he was on, cause I was talking about mountain biking, but like, I love mountain biking. Like I did a mountain bike race this weekend and I, I don't consider that exercise. I, I consider I'm out playing. I'm, I'm enjoying the outside. I'm, I'm, I'm in nature and there's all these different things. And so find something that you enjoy doing. That's like you said, it's not tricking you. It's just uh, it, it's just you're getting a, a, like our ancestors didn't like wake up and then like run a 10k and then like live their life you know they just had m- good healthy movement patterns sort of built into what they were doing anyway right it's it's regular activity throughout the day yeah. um, and I was just reading a study actually not only for like muscles and bones and joints and pain that we think of this was um, a fairly large study that took people for at least 20 years of their lives. And then when these, these people died, they donated their brains to science. And so these scientists looked at them and what they found is that, um, 
even if people had signs of dementia in their brain upon death, they didn't have dementia if they'd been more physically huh. active their whole life. Right. And it didn't have to be exercise. It right. could be gardening. Yeah. It could be regular walking, just being active throughout right. the day. Yeah. And obviously this was, you know, correlation, not causation. So they don't really right, know right. that it's the physical activity for sure. But it was like one clear link is that for brain health and warding off dementia, you've got to move. Yeah. Yeah, and a variety of movements. And I say this all the time. We are designed to be exposed to variation in temperature, in water temperature, in air temperature, in, in our movements, in our eating. We're not designed to eat every two hours on the hour. Like that's – we've got to have some – some some volatility and variation in our in our environment or that that's we're going to we're going to that's harmful if we don't have that that variation. Well, one of the examples I give in the book of that cuz as humans I think we are searching for comfort which right. I appreciate cuz yeah. I like to be comfortable. But right. <laughs> um the sea squirt is this animal that lives in the ocean and it kind of swims around until it finds a place that has the it's perfect ideal temperature and just enough food and then it latches onto something and it will stay in that place where it has its ideal temperature and food for the rest of its life but when it does that its brain shrivels up yeah yes like the john medina brain rules our our brains work their best when we are uh let's see if i can remember this uh when we are solving problems related to survival in an outdoor unstable environment in constant motion that's when our brains are at their best yeah, I mean, struggle's a motivator and any great thinker, like if there's someone you admire, chances are they they walked a lot. Like yeah. Mark Twain is one of my favorite writers. Yes. And he would go on these long, long walks. A lot of the founding fathers yeah. were regular movers. Benjamin Franklin is in the swimming hall of fame. Yeah, like right. so yeah. if you admire the way someone thinks they're probably to, a regular mover. Yeah, you got to move. Okay, we are running up on time. There's a couple of things we need to do. Uh, housekeeping. I'm going to ask okay. you a question. We ask all of our guests this. What is one thing you enjoy about life or something you do to make life more enjoyable? Oh, I find I have a lot of things that <laughs> I enjoy, but I'm going to say taking a bath once a week. Nice bath once a week. There you go. Awesome. Yeah, that's... Uh, the, I, we we always ask people that you know it's like and it's so funny that we had one guy very early on in the show this old scientist who was like a uh, he's like I think probably close to ninety and uh, was a light like did, like studied lights and and like as it relates to sleep and all this and we asked him that question and he was thought of for a second and he goes well. There's always sex. <laughs> we, were, <laughs> we were just like <laughs> totally, totally taken off guard by that. We just kind of uh, uh, erupted in like spit take, you know. So uh, we, we've got a lot of a lot of fun answers on that question. So okay, well, so I mean, yeah. there's there's just endless things like yeah. that can make life enjoyable. <laughs> right? Yeah, that is like, and you know, from a evolutionary standpoint, that is the the number one thing uh, that we do to make life. So, um, all right, now talk about yourself, promote yourself. I know you've got a book, uh, "Keep Moving: Take Steps to Relieve Pain and Improve Your Life." Where else can people find you? How can they connect with you? Yes, people can get the book on Amazon, but you can find me at personaleuphoria.com, and that can link you to all sorts of things that I have. I do pretty much a weekly blog. Sometimes it's just a fun story that I like to tell in classes, and other times it's specifically like health and fitness related. Um, I do YouTube videos that are free. There's like workout videos, but also like 
for if you have sciatica or fasciitis and different types of pain. So from my website, I can hear you. Okay. There you go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I will edit. I will edit all that out of me frantically screaming your name into a into a darkened cave. <laughs> oh my god, she's gone. Okay, cool. All right. Well, this has been awesome. We will. I'll put all that stuff in the show notes. This has been great. Thank you so much uh, for your time. And uh, I know it's late on the East Coast, but appreciate you staying up and doing this with us. And uh, we will let you know when the show comes out. That's great. I really appreciate it. And again, thanks for working through all our tech difficulties. <laughs> no, you're good. Have a great night. <laughs> You too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You're listening to the Simply Human Podcast. That was awesome. Thanks, Maggie. What'd you think about that, Rick? I thought it was great. <laughs> He's never heard it. You haven't listened to it. <laughs> and you probably never will. I especially like the part where you talk about how you poop in your pants. Uh, well, I probably did. Man, yeah, you, there's a legitimate chance. With, that game. I believe it was with Kathleen Trotter, I think, a couple of shows ago that... You were on, and I was like, I told this whole big long story about something, and she was like, yeah, yeah, like, I listened to a show, and you told that story on that show, too. I was like, idiot. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, you need to go back and listen to it, and I was like, I'm glad Rick is not on this call, because I just, I wouldn't, he wouldn't, we couldn't finish the interview, because he would just be beating my nuts in for that. Um, so tomorrow, this is Sunday, tomorrow we're recording with uh, Trina Felber, then it's Lyle Haugen, Hagen, Haugen. then it's Josh Wagner, then it's Dr. Shippy, we have four in a row, then we have a week off, and then we have Dr. Kent, and then we're getting to get Jason Seib back on the show, we got lots of fun stuff coming up. So We're crushing it. We're, we're crushing it. And thank you for listening, Crushed and thank you for it. your spring break, and thank you for... Uh, March Madness is about to start. Go Cats. And uh Go California Satanic <laughs> Go Kentucky. I'll take I'll take ACU and the 90 points. <laughs> the school that Mark and I went to, the oh. college, Abilene Christian, uh, is now a division one college uh for athletics, and they made the the basketball tournament for the first time ever. Big dance. Mark is really excited. A lot of ACU people are excited. Uh I personally Rick is not excited. All terrible things. <laughs> to happen to ACU. So I'm hoping that they lose by 200 points. I would laugh never. I would he never stop laughing. Kentucky to Cumberland College. And I believe I t- said today, I wish they were playing the California Satanic University. Which I don't think is Go a university. Go fighting Satans. <laughs> would it be the fighting Satans? If it was the Satanic? Oh, you know, it, it like would probably the be somebody, like the fighting demons. <laughs> fighting Hitlers. Jeez. <laughs> Spit all over my the fighting Jeffrey Dahmer, or somebody who's the fighting Ted Bundy. I was going to say the fighting, the fighting yeah. Bundys would be a good one. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure all the victims would appreciate that. <laughs> that well, it wouldn't really be fighting; it'd be just more like the killing, the killing. Oh, that's Okay, that's going to do it for this edition of the Civilian Podcast. And remember, oh. and these dogs would just crap and piss so until next time go (laughs) crushing (laughs) killing bundies